A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Hero can be anyone, even a man doing something as simple and reassuring as putting a coat around a young boy's shoulders to let him know the world hadn't ended. Hey, Mr. Rogers. It's a beautiful day. on the gig then. Remember, you wanted this. Welcome to Screen Perspectives, a podcast produced by the Pittsburgh Film Office to share how people build successful careers in the screen industry, be it film, TV, streaming, etc. Screen Perspectives was born out of many conversations with industry professionals, sometimes over dinner, sometimes over drinks, and a lot of times driving around looking at the wonderful diversity of locations in the southwestern Pennsylvania region. Thousands of people make their living in the film, TV, streaming business, which is nationally an over $28 billion a year industry. Locally, it is responsible for over $150 million in new money to the southwestern Pennsylvania region's economy. There really is no direct pathway to success in this industry. It's a lot of hard work, networking, and you have to account for a little bit of luck to be successful. The Pittsburgh Film Office is excited to share these amazing individual stories with you so you can learn how they did it and determine your best path forward. Screen Perspectives is hosted by me, Don Kieser, Executive Director of the Pittsburgh Film Office, and the incredible Kevin Smith, Screenwriter and Screenwriting Instructor at the University of Pittsburgh. Our guest on today's podcast is Jay Rowey, Senior Vice President of Production at HBO. Jay Rowey's extensive experience in the entertainment industry ranges from news, documentaries, music videos, concerts, and commercials, to television movies, miniseries, and theatrical releases. At HBO, he manages the physical production planning of HBO and HBO Max films, limited series, and the scripted series filmed all over the world. Jay is a longtime supporter of the Southwestern Pennsylvania Pittsburgh region's film industry. We are thrilled to learn more about his journey. Thank you for listening. An amazing podcast hosted by Don Kieser with the Pittsburgh Film Office, Kevin Smith, amazing screenwriter, broadcast teacher extraordinaire, and produced by both Isaiah Stewart and Jennifer Booker. And with us today is the Senior Vice President of Production with HBO, the incredible Jay Rowey. Jay, welcome to Pittsburgh. Don, I am more than honored to be here today with all of you. Well, we appreciate that. Jay and I go way back, um, even though HBO has only ever filmed one time in Pittsburgh in the almost 30 years that I've been here. We've been good friends, and he keeps trying to come to Pittsburgh, so we're going to get him back in town. I, I love Pittsburgh and love Pennsylvania, and uh, you know we want to keep coming back, Dawn, so thank you. Well, thank you. Let's talk a little bit about who you are today, and we want to talk about how you got where you are today, and then... My friends online here with us, they'll always have some great questions too. So let's talk about what it means to be the Senior Vice President of Production at HBO. Um, uh, Helping to find an incentive. Where do we film? How do we deal with the government? How do we get people in and out of the country? Um, I work with all our shows on COVID, still help with all the COVID issues. You know, I'm kind of a, a firefighter with, you throw a production problem at me, um, and I'm going to help that production 
solve it. So I'm a, I'm a, a man of many trades, but you know, having been in the business for over 40 years, there's very little I haven't seen. Or you give me a give me a new challenging production issue, and I'm going to work with you, whether it be you know an actor trying to get out of the country. Um, or a visa or COVID, you know, that's part of the fun of it, right? Production is about solving problems and just keep bringing them to me. So that's what I do. I love the firefighter analogy. That's a pretty great way to describe what you're doing all day, every day. I have to ask you, Jay, touching upon what you just said, uh, an interview you once gave in Screen Daily, you mentioned that same thing, that you're thinking globally um, in a way that you never have before. And uh, this new economic model um, has such a huge impact. What are some of the other determining factors on where you would shoot besides uh, incentive as far as tax credits? Well, I think this it's, it's always really important when we talk about this. The incentive is just one component. And so the incentives and, you know, some people from a strictly bottom line business standpoint is like, where is the most, and I dare I say cheapest, but I always say cost effective, you know, where's the most cost effective place to film? Um, but really in the HBO world, which is why I always loved working with HBO um, and aspiring to the kind of quality that we always do, what you're trying to do is make the best production decision as you can. For their incentives, you would look at the script, you talk to everybody and say, okay, where are we going to film? And then, you know, the early days of film commissioners, and don't remember that you'd call up and say, well, send me some pictures. Like what, what are your locations in town? Right. And so you, you'd look at locations, you know, what's the weather, you know, where do the actors want to film? But again, from our standpoint, it always starts, what's the subject matter? What is the story? What is, what are you trying to tell? And as in any kind of great storytelling uh, film or video or documentary, it's like, you, ideally, the story takes place somewhere and you want to get as close to that location, that place where the story took place as possible, because it's going to have that organic quality, right? People were involved with the story there, the feel of the story, the look of the story, all of those things are going to work, work really well. But obviously, when there's more money involved and more people involved, you know, you have a, a multitude of things. But to keep it fairly simple, it's like, where does the story take place? Okay. Are there considerations as simple as something like weather, right? Who's involved with the project? Maybe they live in a certain country. They live in a certain city and they don't want to travel. Um, you know, what, and then as you talk about the story, are there any other guiding principles? Maybe it's a period piece. Okay. We had a, we had a project that we're filming in South Africa. It's period San Francisco, late 1800s. I can't go late 1800s in San Francisco. It doesn't exist, right? So we had to we had to build San Francisco. We scoured the globe, and at the end of the day, the two the two most cost effective places we felt were Romania or South Africa. 
And the pe- awesome. the producers did not want to spend year after year after in Romania, so we ended up in South Africa. And we <laughs> built San Francisco. We built many, many city blocks of San Francisco, and it was incredibly cost-effective, and the weather's great. People liked hanging out in South Africa. So every project is a journey. And what I do is I get to work with the producers. And again, because I have a producing hat, right, I, I've, I, I, I understand what the line producer is going through. I understand what the cast is going through. I, I'm sensitive to them and I guide them on that journey while we're trying to find the most cost-effective place to shoot. And now because there's over 111 incentives around the world, there's a lot of choices and also because of these incentives, there's lots of infrastructure. There's more infrastructure to film in more places around the world than ever before. So the the, the fun part is somebody comes to me and says, well, we've got a project here. Where do we where do we film in the whole world? Okay, well, let's pull out that list and let's start jamming. So you'll hear my music metaphors, people that know me. I, I love you. Yeah, so. he's a star musician too. We should probably, we should probably add some of his music in too. Oh, I can't, I know. I can't wait to get to that. <laughs> I have questions regarding that, but okay. um, how many projects at a time are on your plate? There's hundreds of projects across Warner Brothers Discovery. So a, again, I come in for a period of time when people need help. So, you know, it depends on who needs help this week. Again, we were, you know, we sit in meetings every week and review all the projects. So you were constantly as executives, you're constantly monitoring everything that's going on. And hopefully you have good teams in place and good executives so that you can deal with one issue at a time. And what I used to say when I was producing, what the, the goal was every every morning I wake up, this issue is coming at me. Hopefully I only have two or three really quote unquote crises because things are so well managed that I can solve problems before they become a firefighter, right? And again, that's the thing. It's, there, there's an issue. It's smoldering out there. Okay, well, do I need to throw water on it? Is it going to take care of itself? You know, when you were, when you, and so hopefully I have things well enough managed. I have the time and energy to deal with the one issue that's in front of me, not four that are coming at me from the right hand side. So it's the same thing as an executive. You're monitoring everything, you're talking to people and say, where are the issues? And, you know, so on and so forth. So, you know, uh, being an executive is your, you know, there's a lot of balls in the air. Let's talk about your first job. What was your very first job in the industry? The very first job in the industry. Um, I'm trying to think of which one was probably the most significant. Um, well, there were definitely things in college that I did that exposed me because I was really trying to get a, a feel for this, uh, the industry per se. But I think the first job, um, it, it, it were, there were kind of like these free jobs that I was doing. And there were two probably first jobs. One is as soon as I graduated from Boston University in Boston, uh, I went over and started producing a music series at the Warner cable um station and at that point you could you could run into one of these stations and they had it was public access right and you they would give you equipment because legally they had to have it there right and anybody could literally walk in and do a tv show so they had equipment there they had a studio i love music 
And so I started producing a music TV show about Boston bands. All on your own. Okay. <laughs> but it's like, okay, I got to start doing this. And so, you know, like anything else that led then to other work in Boston and so on. My, my, my first really kind of higher job though, I think at the end of that summer was working for a company they had, and this is the, 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 the fun part of the story is um, this was us two guys. They were news cameramen in Boston and they were freelance. And back in those days, this is how long ago, you, news was shot on film, if you can imagine it. So imagine running around shooting a story. You shoot on film. You bring your film into the station. They have to, you know, they have to process it to get it on the nightly news, right? This, this is how news was done. Well, this was the advent of video. And so they bought a video camera. And all of a sudden... The, the, the local stations no longer needed the freelance guys because they brought their own video cameras, but they had a video camera. So they got a call from ABC News. And so we became the ABC News Bureau in Boston. And here I was out of college and I'm like, we're running, they're flying up producers from New York and we're shooting pieces for Nightline and Good Morning America. <laughs> and we pick up the producer at the airport and we go, quote unquote, this is another one I'll say, you have to make it happen. Right, because it's got to be on the news that night. And again, this is just like the line producer. You pick them up. You better get the footage. Right, no excuses. Oh, well, there's a there's a riot going on. No, I need you to get the shot. So you got to get in through the crowd and get the shot. And oh, somebody's giving a press conference. Okay, you get you don't get a second take. You get one take. So you better have the audio plugged in. You better be able to get the audio. You better have the shot. I mean, it was just what training. To make it happen. And that was this. We always loved the term. That was like, you better make it happen. Because if you don't make it happen, they're not going to call you up next week. Make it happen. You've got the call next week. So that news, when you talk about first jobs, it was really news. you got to be able to think on your feet, just like music. you got to be spontaneous. What's going on? Where do I get the shot? I mean, it really taught me an incredible discipline about the, you know, uh, about production, which to this day, still, I can go into news production mode in a minute if I really have to. Kevin, were you shooting film when you were working at the news? Pittsburgh and then worked in New York too, but uh, we had the big decks and then it went into the small beta. And then after the beta, you know, by the time I, and I was in radio with the carts, you know, the whole works like that. But by the time I uh, went into the world of film, that was the transition of everybody going digital. Yeah, right. My first job with HBO, these are telling war stories now, but it was, I was the one inch tape operator. So it was yes. this giant machine <laughs> and we have the camera and we're running around doing a piece on the Harlem Globetrotters, carrying a one inch tape machine yep. running around. I mean, just- <laughs> And you thought you know. that was portable, didn't you? you exactly. Oh, yeah. that was portable. Portable. It was portable. <laughs> yeah. That was my first job with HBO. We're doing Harlem Globetrotters in the middle of Pennsylvania, or I think it was. And um, HBO, who's this HBO? This is like mid eighties. So HBO only been around 15 years. And what, 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 and it's funny how these little things take your mind. We, we, we run around, we're shooting all this stuff, da, da, da. And then we sit down and have lunch. And even at this point, I'd been on a number of shoots and, you know, how's the catering and so on. It was the best catered lunch I'd had to date or any production <laughs> I ever been involved with. And I'm going, wow, these HBO people, they know how to feed the crew. I'm really impressed. And it was like, that's the little things in production that really make a difference. And anytime through the late 80s, I went to, to Russia twice with, with HBO as a freelance person. 
And then I did some other freelance jobs with them. But every time I dealt with, with HBO, and I was working with other companies during that period of time too, but the HBO people, they did it well. They were smart about where they spent their money. They also seemed to hire really high quality people. And so therefore, I had had a few companies approach me about being a production executive. I said, eh, I like this freelance stuff and some of it, but if I was ever going to join a company, I would want to be with a company that did it well and did it right. And so when I finally got an offer to work at HBO, I said, okay, you know what? I'll try this for a couple of years. But it was those little things, right? Feeding the crew well, common sense, but you know what? Sometimes people cheap out and they don't feed the crew well. And you know what? Crew doesn't like that. And, yeah. you know, don't have a happy crew. It's not going to be good. Not going to be good for anybody. So it's those little things. That's what the producing is about and being sensitive. And as a line producer, knowing where does money. When I was a line producer, as soon as I got a job, who are my first two calls? My teamster captain and my caterer. Mm-hmm. People that run transportation well, key, caterer, feed the crew well. And then usually probably a good accountant. That would be the other thing. So anyway, but that's <laughs> the first people I call. Yeah. Not the DP, yeah. not the production designer, the backbone, the backbone Catering. of the operation. Because if that's working, it creates an environment where everybody else can focus and do their do their job. You know, just like in the army. When, you know, once you get to a certain level. So, I so I approach because of this. I kind of walked into the corporate world the same way. I get to get along with people, and you understand how people work, and so on and so forth. So. And lastly, just the, the other reason I took the job at HBO is I really had learned how to run a set. But the corporate side was always a bit baffling. And I said, well, what if I go inside, maybe I'll understand how the studio works so I can better actually manage the studio. Lo and behold, you know, got to HBO at a very fun time and I've just been part of the evolution of that. So uh, anyway, that was a long answer to a very short question. But, but it was a great go. answer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You've been listening to episode 18 of Screen Perspectives. Screen Perspectives is hosted by Don Keezer and Kevin Smith, produced and engineered by Max Glider, Isaiah Stewart, and Jennifer Booker. Music by Isaiah Stewart. Special thanks to today's guest, Jay Rowey, the Pittsburgh Film Office, and to the University of Pittsburgh. Screen Perspectives is a production of the Pittsburgh Film Office.